can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Make your voice heard. Join the Council for the Model Aquatic Health Code. Lend your expertise to the MAC, science-based guidance from the CDC and the only all-inclusive National Pool Code that addresses current aquatic issues. Learn more at cmac.org. That's C-M-A-H-C dot org. Hell yeah! That's what I'm talking about! <laughs> If you were to look at a single phase power supply, the, the distance between the peaks and the valleys is opposing um, with with big gaps between them, if you will. Mm-hmm. And if you overlap that in thirds, if you were to slide that sine wave over, copy it and paste it a third to the right and then do it again, that's what you end up with is what three phases. So the distance between your your peaks and your valleys is much tighter and gives you essentially more power um, than than it with less expense, if you will. So when when moving to three phase, um, our amperage drops significantly, which is why in the cities like Chicago, they can run these 54 kilowatt coats heaters immersion heaters for for heating these bodies of water and they have ample power to do it because the the amperage is less than if you were to do it on single phase application um so i don't know that's kind of like the easiest way i can describe the difference between the two there are different types of three-phase power um different voltages and and you know certainly anytime you're dealing with any electricity you need to know what you're dealing with before you go into it if if you've not dealt with three-phase power stay away from it find someone who has follow them around for a while and piggyback off of them and learn from from what their their knowledge will will share with you but um you know there have been a number of cases where people put the wrong three-phase motors in applications and and burn them up right away um or like I said, even with the, the single phase pulled off a of three phase. Now three phase power, there are three wires that provide that that power. And they're all hot basically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in a one ten circuit, we have a hot and a neutral and a ground, of course, but let's forget about the ground for now. You have a hot and a neutral. In a two hundred and thirty volt circuit, you have two hots. And you're typically not dealing with a neutral for most part. Um in some cases, hot tubs are going to use a neutral because some components are 110 technically and they're pulling it off of it. But in a true 230 volt application, you have two hots. So 110 is a hot and a neutral. 230 is two hots. Three phases, basically three hots. Yep. And if you uh, pull two of those three hot wires out of the three phase, you end up with that single phase current. So you can get... But- what I learned 
I had learned um, on the job site about three phase because I hadn't I hadn't been in a three phase setting before, and I had to go troubleshoot a pump that didn't work. And yes, I'm going to be completely honest of how naive and stupid I was. I don't know if you call me stupid, just ill informed. I learned that when you do use a, the two wires or you turn the three phase to a single phase for the pump that is necessary, that it only gets 208 volts compared to 230 or 240. Right. And that's where, you know, like I said earlier, if, if you're dealing with replacing a motor on a commercial pump in a three phase environment, that's only utilizing one phase. You, you want to make sure that that motor is rated for 208 as opposed to being rated for 230. Um, the motor, you know, motors, when they're rated for a voltage, that voltage rating can have a variance of plus or minus 10%. So, the, you know, the power company on a 230 volt circuit for your house can supply down to uh, 207 volts. And the the equipment is designed to operate with within those parameters fine. Now, if you get in a true brownout situation, where, oh god, you know, I hate when that you happens. You run into that out by you, right? You know, the power company is is being drawn down to where it's less than that ten percent variance, and you're dropping below in a two thirty environment, dropping below that two hundred and seven volts. You know, sometimes I've I've seen voltage in some cases down to like one hundred and eighty volts. And again, when the voltage goes down, the amperage goes up, and that causes problems. Pumps are going to overheat. They're going to burn up. The windings are going to be damaged, things like that. So if you're putting in a motor that's rated for 230 volts, it's truly designed to not operate at less than 207 volts at 10% variance. Well, if you're putting it into a three-phase application, pulling one phase out of it, that's 208 volts. And 10% less than 208 volts uh, help me with the math here, Kelly. It's late 100 and, well, it's right around 200, 208. Uh, I can't do that math. Now I need help. <laughs> it's later for um, you than me. It is 208. So we're dealing with down to 187.2 is what it is, but say 187, 188 volts. So that 208 three phase motor could operate down, say you got 190 volts going to it, it's okay. But if you put the wrong motor in, you put a 230 volt motor in, and it's only getting 190 volts to it, that motor is not intended to operate at that low of a variance. It's well below 10%. And that motor is going to run extremely hot. It's going to have the windings are going to end up cooking on the thing, and it's not going to last long, which is what we run into very, very frequently, as I said, in the city of Chicago, when, when people who aren't uh, aware of this type of stuff get into replacing motors and they're like, Oh, you know, I just need a 230 volt motor. This one will do. And, and it runs for a year, 18 months, maybe two years before it finally burns up and is dead. And then they, they throw it out and put another one in where yeah, if they got think, the proper 208 motor, it would last for a long, long time. And I think that's where the people need to understand how to read a label on a motor to know yeah. You know, can it do it? Can it not do it? What setting it can be in? Like, I'm sorry, but there's a lot of people I run into jobs where they just didn't know how to read the label. Right. And you can't always depend um, on the manufacturer to give you the answer either. Like, 
look at the motor label because I've had it where reps are like, oh, I think it will work. Well, I think isn't going to help me here. I need to know (laughs) for a fact. And they'll be like, look at the label. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of I've found a lot since COVID, a lot of the the people that are providing technical help on the the 800 hotlines that manufacturers they are worthless. Are, they are worthless. Are not very, yeah, right. They're, I'm sorry, they're not you're being experienced. Nice. They're they're uh, you know they they know some things about some things, but they're definitely not what it was five, seven, ten years ago in terms of knowledge. Do you know how many warranty calls I've gone to where the homeowner's like, I talked to the people on the 1-800 number, and they said my board is blown. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Okay, because that happens all the time. And it ends up being like the last one, the booster pump went out. It wasn't that the board was blown. The booster pump died. Right. Right. Yeah, they're, you know, so they're, uh, like I said, we, we see it. Often we uh, automatic pool cover recently. We we had an issue with uh, a particular system that I was dealing with this tree crushed cottage up in northern Wisconsin. And unfortunately, when I go up there, cell phone signal is extremely spotty right there. When the cottage wasn't destroyed, I had a directional antenna up on a tower on a mast on the roof and an amplifier in the house to be able to ensure I had internet and cell. But (laughs) when the roof came down, that all came down with it. So it's, it's, you know, until we get it completely rebuilt, it's going to be spotty. At any rate, uh, we ran into a, our, our team ran into a pool cover that they, they didn't understand as an older cover, didn't understand what was going on in terms of the control component of it and uh called the the manufacturer's you know tech line and and we're we're told that you know weird things weird things that the the width of the leading edge was too wide and and had to be cut down uh they did that and it didn't change anything so now they've literally destroyed this leading edge which for those of you that don't know it's not an inexpensive thing to to have to buy a, a you know 20 foot wide piece of aluminum leading edge and, and replace that. Um, but ultimately it was that the, the the touchpad control has a torque setting within it and the homeowner had gotten inside of those uh, sort of hidden key sequences and changed the torque setting to where the cover would stop. And when, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just couldn't keep going because it, it was limiting out. But the manufacturer that they got a hold of, the person on the other end of the phone, didn't recognize that as being the problem. So what truly ended up being just a matter of a, a couple of you know key combinations to to increase the torque setting on the control would allow the cover to continue to move. Uh, you know, while I was while I was out of town and and they couldn't find that kind of knowledge. Uh, through the manufacturer, it was a couple of trips and a wasted, you know, leading edge tube that got cut up and everything else. So um, whether it's, you know, you, you got to seek out some knowledge on your own and try to not rely on everything being that 800 number in your pocket. There are uh, some things that you got to you got to do your due diligence and and learn the ins and outs of. And, uh, you know, so. 
three-phase power where you're pulling one phase out, maybe that'll help someone along the line there with uh, the 208 versus 230. And there are some motors, just so you know, too, there are some motors that you can get that are are convertible in what I'll say is three ways. A 115 230 motor, right? You wire it high voltage, low voltage. Mm-hmm. There are some motors out there that are 115, uh, and I'll just describe it as 115 slash 208 through 230. So there are yeah. actually three different ways that mo- that motor can be wired. So it can be applied to a three phase application where you're pulling that single phase out of it. But not every motor is rated that way. And that's where you, no. like you're saying, you got to be able to read the data plate. You got to know what it is that you're dealing with, with the power on site. You can't assume anything. Grab your voltmeter and put it on the leads and see what you're working with. Is it your voltmeter should be your best friend? Or, yeah, it should be in your, in your tool pouch on your, you know, on your side when you're, whenever you're dealing with electricity. And, and I would also argue an ammeter is got to be right there, right beside it, because that's, equally as important in my mind, although I know a lot of us don't have ammeters. Um, so today I um, electrocuted myself. Uh, again? <laughs> yeah. This is what happens when I'm tired I think the last and I want to go home. time we talked about electricity, you did that. This time Max was with No, this is another time Max is with me. Oh, um, I was replacing a relay and I went to go to take the... Um, wiring harness out of the board so I can see because the relay I was replacing it was working but the homeowner's like oh it, it works intermittently and my master electrician next door says that it needs to be replaced and I was like whatever fine we'll replace it the one I bought was bad so I went to switch on the board or the position was to make to double check that it was bad and it was back of my hand hit one of the relays underneath Luckily, my hand went like that, and I think I back of my hand. Um, Max, oh my god! (laughs) So of course, I I, it happens. I'm oh fucking Christ! And Max like what's wrong? (laughs) And I'm like I I I electrocuted myself a little bit. He's like, but I didn't see your skeleton (laughs) because cartoons see the skeleton. That's That's right. And I'm like, well, Max, this this isn't a cartoon. You're, you're not going to, you know, see my skeleton. And then he's like, well, it happens. It also happens when there's lightning that hits you. <laughs> like, maybe then you oh, might see awesome. my skeleton, but no, honey. And then I was like, I just, it was just a little bit. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, I'm like, it's just a little bit, no big deal. And he's like, oh, can I do it? I'm like, hell no, back the fuck up. <laughs> Just like on Scooby-Doo, right? So what are you, uh, Daphne or, or Thelma? I'm probably Daphne because of my hair color. Although I don't think either of them ever got electrocuted. It was always Shaggy and Scooby, I think. Yes. Never never any of the other three. But, yeah. That's so. funny. Yeah. Couldn't have been electrocuted, Mom. I didn't see your skull, and I love that. <laughs> it's like the time that, you know. There was a little bit of wa- the wire had been damaged a little bit. And it was touching the other wire and it blew the high voltage side of the pump. Luckily, yep. <laughs> luckily I have good friends, but um, Max said that it was a mini nuclear explosion. Yeah. I remember that. Oh, kids are awesome. But I think that's about all we could say about three phase and single phase. Really? Yeah. 
I know not many of us deal with three phase and, and you're mainly going to see three phase in a commercial setting. You're really not going right. to see it in a residential. Not unless it's a very, very elaborate, uh, you know, yeah. Like, uh, and usually when I see three phase on a uh, commercial, it's the more deluxe pools. Yeah. I, you know, different parts of the country are, are very different that way. And, and, uh, again, the city of Chicago, the whole city of Chicago, every building has three phase in it. But um, I know in in other parts of the country, there where where cities are big but not quite so densely populated, that things are different. But um, you know, being aware of it and and being careful around it, and um, certainly, like I said, if if you're not familiar with it, just find someone else. It, get some get someone who is who can help. That um, is a big red that. like statement on one of my slides in my presentation for Friday. If you do not feel comfortable with electricity, don't do it. Find yeah. somebody else. Exactly. I am never going to fly a helicopter because I don't have a clue. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go sit in that seat and pull the stick and pretend like I can fly it because I, I know it's far more complex than that. And likewise, uh, you know, don't mess around with electricity if if it if and honestly, even if you're familiar with it, but it scares you, if you're afraid of it, then stay away from it. Mm-hmm. That's I, I think that that causes a lot of problems too. that people maybe have an understanding. They've been through some training. They've been through some courses and but it still scares them, whether it's three phase or, or you know, single phase. Uh, working on electricity in the backyard. If it's something that you're afraid of, then you you really p- need to think again whether or not you should be opening that thing up and, and getting involved in it because fear often causes us to do things that uh, it overrides our mind and our abilities and, and causes us to have mistakes. Now, the one thing I'll say, because we should probably say this for legal reasons, if you need to be certified to do electricity in your state, county, or city, please get all certification licenses that you would need. Right. Or call my cousin Vino. Vinny. <laughs> he he knows all kinds of people around, and and he's he's got licensed people that that can can help you out. So you know, let me know. I'll let I'll give you his number. You can text <laughs> text Vinny. So anyway, I think that's it. That's it, right? Another one in the books. So please like us, share us, download us, review us, send us your questions to talkingpools at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. And thank you to C-Mac for being our supporter. Yep. Thank you, C-Mac. Love what you do and and love that you support us and everyone else in the industry by – uh, helping us all be better and more educated and have some guidelines that mean something. Right. So, okay. Uh, listen to all the other podcasts. We're just one day Tuesday. There are four other great days, but, you know, after Tuesday, everything else is kind of WTF. So. <laughs> we'll talk to you That's next it. week. See you. Stay safe. Bye.
just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 